Hey, this is Amber Chillers from You on Netflix. I'm hanging out here with Elias, and you're listening to The Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of The Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, Adrian. I A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the man cave, your host, Elias. Amber, welcome to the cave. Hi, thank you for having me. How are you? What's new with you? Oh gosh, you know I'm I'm trying to find a quiet place in my house, which is 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 hard these days. We we have five kids between uh, both of us, my fiance and I, so there's a lot of rooms that are being occupied right now in the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe it. How's the whole quarantine life treating you? It's good. It's good. You know. <clears throat> I feel like some weeks, sorry, I have a bit of a cold. I'm, I'm not, I don't have COVID. I, I test, I got tested on Saturday. So, uh, but, um, so it, you know, it's been good. It's, you know, some days are good. Some days are bad. And I think like after a while you just kind of give in to the reality. And so now I worry about going back and having to get up in the morning to, like actually get ready to walk out of the house to go to work or take the kids to school. And I'm, I'm thinking, Oh my God, I'm going to be so late. Cause you know, we just get to roll out of bed and right. you know, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's different now. So I think I'm, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of nice in a way. But you're, I'm sure you're ready to go back to work also. Oh my gosh. It, more than ever. I'm, I'm so ready to get back on set. Um, I'm, you know, as artists, I think it's, it's, it's hard for us to just, you know, sit. I, I mean, I, I would say that we definitely go through these periods where, you know, we're used to not working, but it hasn't been this long, you know? And um, so the key, I think, is just keeping yourself creative, you know, and I'm really thankful that I have little ones running around that also keeps me really, you know, busy and, um, you know, uh-huh. How old are your little ones? I have uh, two little ones myself. Oh, do you? Um, So we have, I have a almost seven-year-old girl, a -a ten-and-a-half-year-old girl, and then my fiancé has a seven-year-old girl, a 13-year-old boy, and a -a 15-and-a-half-year-old girl. So we have four four girls and one boy. Oh, man, you got your hands full. You got your hands full. Oh, yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) So the listeners, okay, so we, we, we recently saw you on the first and second season of Netflix's U.S. Candace, which, by the way, you're awesome in it. You've done other oh. projects like Ray Donovan, Aquarius. You started out in a soap opera world. You have a business, and you're, and you're busy with kids. How do you find so much time to do all this? You know, I don't find enough time, and I think you just kind of do what you can within a, I don't know, 10-hour day, and then... I think that's the the struggle for like the modern woman, right? Is like finding yeah. the balance. And, um, you know, I was just watching this beautiful thing on CNN about the first ladies and, and last night they were highlighting Eleanor Roosevelt. And it, it just is not, you know, it's not today that women have a hard time finding the balance. This has been going on for years. And I think what you have to do is, you know, you, you have your priorities, you make a list of things and obviously the kids come first, right? So whatever the kids need during the day and getting them set up, 
Um, and then you just tackle as many tasks as you can on your to-do list and know that like whatever is the overflow gets done the next day. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard, it's hard managing it all, but I think that if you learn to just kind of give in to what, what can't get done within that day, you'll sleep, you know, more peacefully. I think for me, that was like the biggest and I'm sure it makes you feel great that you're able to accomplish whatever you're trying to accomplish that day. Yeah. I mean, listen, even if it's like two or three tasks, like great. Yeah. Sometimes I have 10 things on my list and I only get two because, you know, there was some obstacle thrown in the, in the middle of the day or one of the kids is having a meltdown or I'm having yeah. a bad day. It just doesn't happen. Like that's okay. It's okay. For the So let's get to know you a little bit more about you for the listeners. Well, where are you originally from? I was born in Arizona, uh, Cottonwood, Arizona, and I was brought to California with my family uh, when I was like six years old. So I was raised in Marietta, California, um, which is like southern uh, near San Diego, kind of north of San Diego a little bit. Um, And that's where I was raised. As a kid growing up, what were you into? Oh, I was a I was an athlete. I. uh, I, my dad wanted three boys and he got three girls. So he turned us all into dudes. Um, and we played, I played golf and basketball growing up. And that was like religiously. We, every day after school, we'd go to the golf course and, and then on the weekends we played basketball. And sometimes it was when I got into high school, you know, it was golf and basketball. Um, I played on both of the teams, um, in high school and we traveled around, you know, the West coast to play tournaments and golf tournaments. And so it was, I was very much uh, an athlete and then really <clears throat> tapped into the artistic side, which I always had. I just, um, I didn't think my parents really expected it. Like there was no one in my family that was in Hollywood um, or the entertainment business. So I, you know, I think my parents were like, wait, what? <laughs> How old were you when you kind of had an idea like, you know, I'm, I might want to get into the entertainment industry. Um, I was like, I would say around eight. Um, Were you watching something? Yeah, I would always watch movies and and television shows that were, I think, very like mature. Um, And what I found so fascinating was, you know, people, I love the way they made people feel. I love this idea that you could escape into this world. and, And sometimes you relate to the characters and sometimes it was just so interesting to see the human interaction and how uh and how and why people think and what they why they do what they do um and I just love that I love that idea and you know maybe I should have been you know gone into psychology possibly um but I think that's why I chose acting because I I loved this escapism um and, and so I, I told my parents, I'm like, I found this is, you know, we, my dad would read the Sunday newspaper and I love reading the newspaper even to this day. I just love the feel of it in your hands. And, um, I'll never forget. I said to my dad, I said, dad, look at in LA, they're like hosting where you can come and audition to be in, t- uh, commercials. And I think I want to do that. And my parents looked at me like, we're not fucking driving you to LA. You're kidding me. <laughs> and I was like, like, I begged, I begged. I'm like, please just get like, let me do this. Like I really want. And like, I, I love to 
you know, it's not like this was a complete shock. Like I love singing and I loved like, you know, back in the day when, uh, there was like tons of, um, music videos. Like I would get my guitar and I would dance and sing in front of the TV and put on like performances and stuff for my family. So they knew I liked it, but I don't think they knew that it was, you know, at that age, you kind of really don't know is, is, is she a kid being a kid or does she really have like a, you know, a desire to, to pursue something like this. Um, and so my dad told me basically when I was eight, he's like, okay, well, how about this? I'll make you a deal. If you make all stars for softball, then I will take you to LA. And I was like, done. So of course I made all stars and I was like, yeah, we're going to LA. So we went to LA and, and the rest is history. Wow. When you went out to LA, what was your first gig? Did you get a commercial? So back in the day, which it sounds so crazy, me even saying back in the day, but back in the day when, um, cause the business has changed so much since I've, you know, since I've been in it is you had to, you had to get a commercial agent first and you weren't allowed to have a theatrical agent until you really proved yourself, uh, to be, I guess, camera friendly or that you were just, you know, good enough to, to be in front of the camera and you, you, you know, it was more of a natural thing. And I think this is how they tested kids back in the day. And then I, I did, I got a commercial agent. I did my first, um, was a sob car commercial. And then I ended up doing, I don't know, like 15 or 20 commercials after that, um, from chef ARD to Kodak to cat food. I mean, you name it. I did all wow. sorts of fun commercials. Um, and then I, 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 I went and got a theatrical agent and I just started going to auditions um, and, you know, started coaching a little bit more because obviously commercials is a little bit more different than it's different acting technique than <clears throat> being on television or film. And, um, and I just started booking stuff. I, I, I really loved it. And my parents were very strict about making sure that I continued to get good grades and I had to stay in all the sports, of course. So I was, I was, I think, you know, going back to your earlier question of like, how do you kind of juggle it all as I think I was kind of trained. I had to train myself because I wanted it all. I wanted to do it all. So I was, yeah. I had to get good grades. I can't, I couldn't get anything below a B and I had to, you know, do well in my sports. And I had, you know, so I, I appreciate my parents teaching me that at a very young age. So when you were booking all these commercials, did you have like no acting lessons before that? No, I didn't. Wow. Yeah. What about even to this day, did you take any acting lessons when you started jumping to TV? And oh film? yeah. Yes, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> I think, you know, it's true as, as you get older, acting can become more challenging if it's not, if it's something that you don't develop into a craft, right? It's like any, it's like, I relate it to golf. Like you could have the greatest golf swing, but if you take three days off and try to go back out, you're going to struggle. Like it's something that you constantly have to be doing in order to keep your, that, that instrument fine tuned. And so I took many acting classes from Strasburg when I went to New York, when I was living in New York, um, to when I came back to LA, I did Meisner. I'm not one specific method. I've kind of found my own, uh, I take a little bit of each, uh, method and I apply it, you know, however it fits me best in the project that I'm working on, um, or the character specifically that I'm working on. And, you know, it's something that I, I, I don't really have the time as much anymore to jump back into acting class per se, but I definitely, when something is challenging or I'm, I'm struggling with a, a character, then I'll definitely go and um, I'll coach, you know, with, with someone that I've been working with for years. 
You mentioned golf. Do you still play this day? You know, I, I took my stepchildren out to uh, the country club the other day to play and we just hit balls and I was actually really shocked. I hit it really well, but that's, I like equate that to like first time luck, you know, like how you have beginner's luck. I'm like, how the heck do I still have this swing? So maybe I still have a good foundation of my golf swing, but I just haven't, it's, I mean, I don't know if you know, but golf is so time consuming. Oh yeah, it is. I know. I mean, I can't even imagine. I think I would have to get up at like 4am, you know, to be on the tee box, you know, by like 445 in order to get like a round of golf in which I choose sleep over that these days. Maybe when my kids get older. I I played golf in my my 20s before, you know, (laughs) kids and getting married and everything. And you had more time. Now it's like, it feels like you only have like, because you're going to go out there. You're going to be out there for like five hours. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You don't have time for that. (laughs) Mm -mm. I mentioned earlier, you know, you've done numerous projects and everything. And one of them was all my children. How was it being on a soap opera? It was good. I had a really great time. I think for me, it was at a time in my life where I was ready to get as far away from my house as I possibly could, just like any 17-year-old wants to. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I had got a scholarship to go play golf. I had signed, um, I had signed to go to a four-year university and I, this, all my children came months before I was graduating high school and I ended up graduating high school early in order to go out and start my job. And then I ended up flying back to, you know, for the graduation ceremony. But that at that point in my life, I didn't care. I was so excited just to get out in the world. And um, for me, New York was, you know, that's kind of like how people equate to like their college town. New York is such a special place for me. That's where I grew up. That's where I, I, you know, I learned about so many different walks of life and industries and people and Um, it was really hard work. I was 17 and, um, there were days where I would have, you know, I was this little country girl in a big city by myself and I was so lonely and scared and, um, didn't know anybody and, you know, would call my mom crying because I couldn't memorize my three page dialogue. And I'm like, what the hell did I just do to myself? Um, it was, it was really, it was a hard work, you know, really, really hard work. How did you get through that? Um, how did I get through it? I mean, I think for me, whenever I'm in like a, going through a hard time in life, I, meditation is like a big thing for me. I love meditating. I love going for walks. I love being outside. Um, and just knowing that like I would get through it. And I think talking to some of the most, you know, some of the soap stars that most people recognize like Susan Lucci or David Canary, who's no longer here, but talking and, and, and confiding in them and and just saying, how did you do this? How, you know, when you started and, and asking these questions to people that, you know, gave me really great advice. And that, you know, for me, the advice was just never, never give up and you're going to get through it. No matter how painful the day might be, like you get a fresh start tomorrow. And I think that's, I try to apply those lessons in everything that I do. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. How, how different is it acting like on a soap opera compared to like doing like a TV show or a film? No, it's so different. It's it's like a completely different world. Um, you may film, I don't know, five pages 
six pages a day for a film and maybe a little bit more, right? You may film like 15 pages for a TV show in a day, in a given day. On soaps, you're doing like 30 pages. And there's, because there's no reruns, right? So you're, yeah. the, the amount of content they're having to pump out for a soap opera is, I mean, the workload is just, and it's, you're working 12, 13, 14 hour days. Um, and it's, it's a lot of repeating the same thing. Um, but it, it was, it definitely was challenging. It was like my college. If you were going to throw me into call like acting school, that's, what I like to tell people was like the best acting school that I could possibly go through. Cause it really just broke down all those barriers. It made me have, have really tough skin um, just for the business in general. Yeah. Did you, you, you found it easy, I assume to transition from that to TV because oh, of yes. the schedule, oh. the way you worked on the soap opera. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think just like memorizing lines is a, a different, and you know, as you get older, memorizing lines becomes more and more challenging. I mean, even sometimes I'm like, I don't, I can't, how am I going to even do this? This is just, I can't even, you know, it just happens. There's something mm. about getting older where just, you just remember less and I have mommy brain. Um, <laughs> but you, you know, you, yeah, you find yeah. a way, you find a way. Yeah. And it's, again, it's like a muscle, right? Memory right. muscle. And you just have to keep it in tune. Would you ever go back to the soap opera world? Um, probably not. Um, but I would, I don't know. I, it depends on what the opportunity was. Right. So let's talk about Netflix's you. And I have some listener questions for you, but how exciting was this ride for season one and season two? It was so awesome. You know, I was so happy to be able to be a part of, uh, the Berlanti family. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. Um, Greg Berlanti, uh, and Sarah Schachter, they, you know, are giants in the television world. Um, they produce all the CW stuff. And when they, you know, started branching out and doing things outside of the CW, um, I was just really excited to be a part of this project. I know so many people on this project, Sarah Gamble, who created you, I worked with her on NBC, uh, Aquarius, um, David Rappaport, who's the casting director I've been auditioning for since I was, I don't know. I think when I first, at the first, he always brings up the first time he ever saw me was when I was auditioning for Gossip Girl. And he says that I came in with like this big bow in my hair, like a big Jojo Siwa bow. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? I, that's so embarrassing. I don't remember. But anyway, so there's a lot of people that I knew um, on the project. So, you know, I love working with, you know, the people that I'm familiar with and I know are doing great work. Mm -hmm. Well, the, fir the first season premiered on Lifetime. Like, do you remember auditioning for Candace? I do. Tell, tell us about that. Um, I was coming from, what was I doing? I was doing an uh, animated film, and I was in Burbank. And I remember my manager calling me. He's like, hey, are you going in for, uh, they're looking for this role on you, for you, this new uh, Lifetime show. And I was already in the area and I was like, oh, I get to go see David. Sure. Why not? Right. And so I, I actually got the sides, I believe when I was there and I just read them real quick and I walked in the room and I saw Sarah Gamble and I was like, wait, what you're, wait, you created the show. This is amazing. Cause we had just finished Aquarius, not, you know, maybe like a year or so before. And, um, 
so I was just really excited just to, I don't know, auditioning can be really, really fun um, when the room is familiar, right? It's like auditioning is definitely a, a process in itself um, that you have to master. And it just makes it easy when you have these, you know, people who, you know, are, are cheering you, you on you're in your career regardless. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so I had auditioned and I think I left the next Monday to New York to go film, which, which was such well, a quick turnaround. It was super fast. Um, but it was fun. You don't have to pull my leg to go to New York. That's like, it's a, that's a treat. <laughs> so when you, uh, when you filmed season one, did you have any idea you were going to come back for season two? No, I didn't. Um, you know, there had been talk, but you know, you never know with shows, right? right. So a lot of shows only last one season. So they may have said to me, like, you know, we have plans for Candace if there's a future season. Um, but, you know, I was just happy to work at the end of the day. Like when I'm working with people I love and material I love, and it's a character, frankly, that I haven't really played before. I mean, she was, uh, Candace is very complex, right? Yeah, and it's definitely. something that I hadn't tried out before. And that was, and I really like challenging roles that really makes, you know, makes it more interesting and more fun and, um, and getting to work with, pen and I, I don't know I just I was so excited for the project in general and like whether it was on it didn't matter what network it was on it was just a good project and I think you know as you know eventually you know it didn't we didn't do well on Netflix and we didn't do well on Netflix so we ended up going or sorry a uh, lifetime so we ended up going to uh, Netflix and it, it just you know it we, boomed on Netflix. It just boomed. I don't even know that. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. the right word, but it just took off, um, which was, you know, it, it's so exciting for the, you know, Sarah, the creator and Berlanti. I don't know. It's just, I get so excited for people when, you know, to see them succeed like that and to be a part of it is even, you know, is, is the cherry on top. So when they called you back for season two, did you know the fate of Candace right away? Or was that like filming episodes until like near the end when you found out what was going to happen? Yeah, they don't like to tell actors usually when, you know, what's going to happen if they're going to die because they just don't want it to interfere with, you know, any work spoilers. environment, any spoilers. Um, but I knew, I knew it was coming. Listen, <clears throat> this is not a show about like rainbows and butterflies. This is a show right. about a man who murders people. And when you have a crazy ex-girlfriend that's following you from New York to L.A., you, like I knew her fate. Like I knew that I didn't know how long she would, you know, continue, but I knew eventually Candace was going to have to, you know, die. Yeah. Did you ever expect oh. to play a character that was killed pretty much twice? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. So in the, in the show, like who's like, other than Candace, who like, who's a, a favorite character of yours? <clears throat> um, I love, who do I love? Do you love love I, because she killed you? I love love. I love Victoria. <laughs> She's amazing. No, I, I really love um, uh, Carmela's character, uh, Delilah. I just had her on, yeah. Oh, did you really? Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, she's great. Um, I love Jenna Ortega's character. I can't think of the off the top of my head, which is crazy. Um, 
she plays the sister of Delilah. And um, yeah, but I don't know. Their character, those characters are so fun. I don't, that, that, there's so many great characters. Everyone had such big personalities on season two. And I think that's what made it so fun. And it was like, you know, it wasn't just a one note. Everyone was like a bigger, bigger than life kind of character. In season one, uh, Beck was haunting uh, Joe. What are the chances of Candace haunting uh, Joe on uh, season three? I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. Did you read the books at all? I did. I did. How, I wanted to read how, how different is your character to the books? Um, there's a few, uh, you know, changes, but I think, you know, I, since Candace is not the, the lead character, I mean, there's storyline, I would say there's a little bit, I feel like for book one was closer to the first season than book two. Um, I think they kind of went off of the, of the pages a little bit. Um, but that's like very typical, you know, in, in the business. Yeah. If you were, if you were a writer, what would you want to see for season three? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I mean, I would like to see someone take Joe down at some point. He's got to like experience a little bit of pain, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I don't know. He's a bad guy. He's got a a, a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I mentioned earlier you have a, you have a brand and a business. Tell us about that. So I started my jewelry brand. Um, well, it started as a jewelry company, and then I'm I'm kind of turning it more into a lifestyle brand um, with some exciting things coming up uh, that should be launching uh, if it were still on schedule for the holidays. But I started this brand um, in between the Ray Donovan season and uh, finding my next gig. And I really wanted to do something that was still artistic. Um, Both my parents are entrepreneurs. They've had their business for over 30 years. And I just wanted to try something. I was eager to learn a different trade. And I I love jewelry. I love them having meaningful jewelry. Um, And I, I found someone to kind of mentor me that had been in the jewelry business for a long time to find out how, how you even start making jewelry. Um, and I've learned so much and I'm so appreciative. And um, I have a, a special piece that's really kind of the driving force of the brand, which is my Rise Totem collection. And uh, it's a symbol, it's a native symbol actually of two sisters side by side that share a relationship of the soul, like a, a really strong, deep bond. And um they're on my website. They're buy one, get one free. And the idea is to gift it to someone in your life that has helped you along your journey. Um, you know, I think women, when they unite, really amazing things can happen. And so this is kind of like where I'm, where I'm, I'm taking the brand um, to help in all different, you know, aspects of life when it comes to coming together um, and uniting women and, and just appreciating the women that we have in our lives. Now, do you, do you make these or do you have people make this for you? So I design them. And, okay. uh, and then of course I work with the manufacturer. We manufacture the pieces. What is your goal with the brand? My ultimate goal with the brand is to be able to branch out into different uh, categories and to be able to use that as a way to, um, to give back ultimately, you know, acting is always going to be my, 
uh, my job per se. Um, the brand is a, is a project that I, I love to do and I want to be able to make great changes in the world, um, and be able to give back through my brand. Um, and, and so one of the, one of the things that we are working on, um, right now is, is I'm working with a company called shine the light on and it's based in Canada and we're making apparel, uh, with my symbol and a percentage is going to go back to, a. um, this charity called understood.org that helps uh, people with learning differences. Oh, my awesome. oldest, my oldest one um, has a learning difference um, and she has ADHD and uh, auditory processing. I mean, she's just, there's like a multiple, that's like a whole nother podcast that we could do. Um, but it's very complex. And, um, and I've been through a lot with, you know, discovering and doctor's appointments and figuring out the specific way that she needs to learn. Um, and so I want to shine the light on that. And I want to use the brand to be able to help other parents and know that, you know, I think it's a conversation that a lot of parents don't like to have um, when they have a child with either a disability or a learning difference or, or whatever it may be. And I want to make those conversations a lot easier to have because I think there's a lot of good information, um, and, you know, emotional support that we can get from one another through these conversations. That's awesome. Now, is this uh, just online or are you plan to open stores someday? You think? Oh gosh, not in this year, not in 2020. That's for Ooh, sure. Right. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I think it would be fun to open stores. I know it's a lot of, a lot of, of retail spaces, a lot of work. I might, you know, I'd love to start with a pop-up um, and see how it goes and see the response. Um, but right now, all of it, all of our stuff is online uh, on the website. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I think that would be a fun, a fun challenge for that, you know, yeah. I don't think, I don't think we're ready for that quite yet. I think we have, you know, we need to get past this pandemic and, and really see the changes, you know, that's going to be coming to the world or the United States anyways, for the what's next the, few years. For the listeners though, what's the website? Um, so the website's my name. It's Amber, A-M-B-Y-R, Childers, and C-H-I-L-D-E-R-S at G, I just gave you my, at Gmail, um, AmberChilders.com. That is the website. <laughs> <laughs> so I. Uh, between all this and all the projects, uh, do you have anything else that's coming out that you can tell us about? Uh, I, I've written a couple of scripts um, that I'm really excited about. And I, I'm hoping that once this pandemic's over, I will be able to shop them around. Um, but there's a couple a couple of really interesting projects that I'm up for. I don't know if I could, I think I signed, they made me sign things. Yeah, it's very strict. The laws are very strict about what you can talk about these days. But um, no, there's just a lot. I'm really excited just to get back out there and, and find my, my next great project. And hopefully it's one of these that I've I've put myself on tape for. Yeah. Do you have like a dream role that you hope to play someday? Mm. No superhero dream roles. Seems like everybody says that. No, I. you know, I feel like it would be so fun. I haven't played a mom before. And I think it's just because I'm younger. I had my kids, you know, when I was in my early 20s. And I think it'd be really fun just to be able to play a mom. I know it sounds crazy, but I, I think I would really enjoy that. Yeah. A lot of people say that, actually. Too. I've had a couple, like, uh, you know, uh, 
actors have come out it's like oh i would love to play a dad i'm always playing like the bad guy or the drug dealer it's like i'd love to play a, just a normal dad in the suburbs or something yeah <laughs> yeah that would be fun i would i would really enjoy you know playing a mom and um i love babies so um amber how can the listeners uh, find you on social media uh, you could find me on Instagram. I'm Amber Childers underscore official. All right, Amber, this was fun. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.